Dun, 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 dun. The Open Podcast with Keith and Michaela. Here we are once again. Live from Puerto Rico. <sighs> There's so many things to talk about. Honestly, I think we should record all of our conversations. We should hire. Have you seen Midnight Gospel? Yes. You know how he has the little <gasps> robots that follow yes. him and fly around? Yes. We need that. Kind of like transcribing for him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. recording, mm-hmm. content, you mm-hmm. know. God, the editing on content, though. Jeez, it's like so much content. Yeah, I came into your room this morning and you were you were listening to something in the shower, right? What was I listening to? <sighs> Keys to the Kingdom. <gasps> Keys to the Kingdom. Does anyone here know what Keys to the Kingdom is? If you don't... Keith? Keith? What is... <laughs> What is Keith's? I know the very basics of it. Alison Armstrong. It's a it's kind of her core core teaching uh, that she offers to women on basically how to communicate and be with men. But I and I know a little bit of it about about it from some of my partners sharing their experience experiences with it. And my story is that she's kind of like a female equivalent to like David Data for men. I know they have slightly different philosophies and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing that originally led me to her is that I um, read The Way of the Superior Man and I was like, I want a book of like The Way of the Radiant Woman. Mm. Um, wow, that's an idea. I, yeah, <laughs> write that one down. Yeah. Where's, way of the where's, our, where's our robot? Um, because, yeah, The Way of the Superior Man, like as a woman, I just deeply resonate with the content. And I'm like, yes, I would be happy if any of my partners read this book and just did these things and like we would never fight. Yeah. In my world. Um, And I, you know, as someone who loves men and wants them to have a great life too, I want to know how I could show up differently in a way that's more satisfying and pleasing to them and easier on their system of, you know, how to relate with one another. And so a lot of people recommended Keys to the Kingdom. And, you know, a lot of people say it's still not the same. It's still not equivalent to David Data's level of work, um, but it's something. And the energy of it, it's a book, number one, if we haven't clarified that. The Way of the mm-hmm. Superior Man by David Data is also a book. Um, so Keys to the Kingdom by Alison Armstrong um, goes through a story, basically. And it teaches you through telling you the story. So it's not The Way of the Superior Man, like, laid out. And Alison Armstrong says, if you want a laid out version, check this other book out or look at the back mm-hmm. of the book. And she has, like, the exercises mm-hmm. written out. But she tells it in the story of a woman who has these keys that she wants to share with other women, but she has part of a covenant in her family where they can't share it because women use the knowledge for bad to manipulate them. Yes. No, I I did actually read this years ago. Yeah. A quick quick skim, remembering that format. Yeah. So one thing that was alive for me today, I started listening to it on my morning walks for about an hour every morning before I do drop in with Keith from 10 to 12 every day. And uh, yesterday was one of the teachings was talking about how men need transition time. So in the book, they say that men, you know, when they go off to work and they come home, um, oftentimes women will like be like, hi, babe, welcome home. Can you fix the doorknob? Mm-hmm. Or hi, babe, can you da da da? And, you know, if a man acts irritable or, you know, is a dick, and then the woman feels hurt and unseen, and she's like, I haven't seen you all day, and you came home, and you're being an asshole when you're home, and da-da-da, and then he'll go away in his cave and take his, you know, uh, transition time, and then he comes back and with open arms and wants to relate to her, but now she's hurt and pissed and closed off mm-hmm. and being cold because he didn't show up in the way she needed earlier. And so 
Uh, then by the time he comes back, she's being cold. And in his male brain, he's just like, okay, she doesn't look like she wants me to talk to her. I'm going to leave her alone. And really underneath, as you said, Keith, she's like, please hug me. Please yeah. make me look you in the eye and turn me around and be like, baby, I love you. Yeah. Then like a negative feedback, feedback loop occurs and both people are just feeling disconnected. Totally. Don't really know why. Totally. And what, what you mentioned is this morning it got us talking is that, you know, was this book about 20 years old? Maybe I don't know the exact time, know. but it's it. She speaks in terms of a man coming home from work, which still some men do. Uh, there are many different styles of relationship now. And with the pandemic and just modern technology, many people just work together at home, yeah. if not even in the same company sometimes. And and in many ways, that's a disservice to the polarity of the rela- polarity of the energy in the relationship. And it makes this task even even more important. And I was referencing how if data refers to this, I've seen him talk about it in workshops with people of whenever there's like a transition in the dynamic of polarity, I guess maybe we'll open up polarity as a concept later, but something needs to change, like changing the clothes, taking a shower, leaving the room and coming back. Uh, otherwise it like blurs the boundaries between the different roles we play. Like, are we business partners right now or are we lovers? Cause when we're business partners, we don't really want polarity. We just want to work together and be successful. Uh, and flow. And when we're looking to have intense experiences in the bedroom, sexual polarity is a must. Yeah. So one of the things she suggests are some ways that men transition when they come home from work is that they could come back and they could change their clothes. They could come back and take a shower. They could come back and like, you know, want to sit in the bathroom by themselves for a few minutes reading the newspaper. Um, and just these many ways that men are able to give themselves some like decompression um, and some silence and alone time. And that most of the time they, they don't want to interact and they actually want to be left alone for like 10 to 30 minutes. And if they actually get that, they can show up more fully in the way that they like to show up and in the way you like to re- receive them showing up. Um, and when not given that, there's a resentment and a irritability that can happen. And so what Keith was saying was like, you know, I brought up this morning um, specifically because my partner that we live in the same exact house and he works from home and uh, I will go in his room and interrupt him throughout the day. And he always so graciously gives me an incredible amount of attention um, anytime I want it really. And it's really beautiful. And there's a shit ton of polarity in our relationship in other areas. But I was listening to this book and I was like, wow, I wonder the areas that I'm ignorant to not giving him transition time and how I can show up in a way that's more understanding of that. And so I inquired with him last night, like, you work from home. How do you get transition time? And he was like, well, for example, like today I worked and then I took a nap. And he's like, and then I woke up and like I didn't go back to the work I was doing. You know, I was doing something different. So in his world, that was his transition time. Also changing clothes can be like a huge one. Um, just like, you know, Keith was sharing with me some stories about him living at a monastery and just the object relation in our brains about having different like sets and setting for each thing we do, you know, whether it's, you put on a robe when you go into ceremony or prayer, um, and you take off the robe and you put on work clothes when you go to work or you put on this Mm -hmm. clothes, you know, it helps your brain say, this is what we're doing now. Um, but I want to, you know, share to our audience, like, we're in a different timeline now. Um, the fact that men and women are around each other more, they might be living in the same house, working together in the same companies, potentially owning companies together. Um, 
and working together in the same house. Like we're not getting the spaciousness or the space to create the longing and the missing and the charge and the polarity. And it, I would say like, it's harder to keep polarity alive today more than ever. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I, and I, I'm, I'm watching, my mind is going to like, what are people are going to critique this and say, oh, why is it all the women's responsibility? And I think what's interesting is like Alison Armstrong is speaking more to the woman of like, here's what you can do. And then someone like David Data, he speaks to men and women, but primarily men saying, here's what you can do. So I think I just want to be really clear that we both have responsibility in this, in this area. And for me specifically, like how this shows up is I've, I've developed the sensitivity to know how to, to notice how when a partner or lover comes into a space and I'm not really with her or I'm half with her or I come home from something and I haven't done the transition in my mind, how that lack of presence just hurt, literally physically hurts her. Yeah. And so, yeah. so yeah, look, yeah, like just Feel hearing it. that. Yeah. And so one of my practices now is you know, I'm in a position where my partner actually lives in a different city, drivable, but we see each other less. Um, so I don't deal with the, the everyday thing. So when we're together, we can be together, but there is still transition time. I might be working on my computer when she arrives at my house or vice versa. And I will intentionally, uh, even sometimes I'm in the car and I'm making phone calls or I'm listening to a podcast. And she's even asked me, she's like, sometimes you get her and you just sit in the driveway. And I said, yes, I do. And what do, what do I do? And it depends, depends on the day, but it's usually, it's like, I don't know. It's funny metaphor, but it's like, what do you like? football players do before a game or, or basketball players or something, right? You kind of like get your game face on. And I'm like, can I, is there anything in my system that's preventing me from fully showing up for this, this, this beautiful goddess in the next five minutes? And so I try to take care of myself so that I don't walk through the door trailing a conversation I just had or a work conversation. Of course, we're human. This happens sometimes. Uh, and, and similarly, like if someone comes into my room uh, whether it's a friend or lover or something, it's like, I, I'm like, okay, there's a human being that needs my presence. And I can almost always do that for a minute, like, and meet them. And then I might set a boundary and say, like, thank you for coming in here. Like, I, I, I really want to spend more time with you. I need 10, I need 30, I need an hour. And I'm going to come and find you and we'll continue. So like receiving and then setting a boundary. And so I think, I think, I think what we're pointing to is like clarity, basically, uh, clarity and clear boundaries. Yeah. And, and allowing yourself to both, both, allowing both of you to be the polarity manager in the relationship. And like, it's up to both of you for mm -hmm. holding boundaries that you know will be in service to your relationship. Like if I could have it all my own way, the biggest part of me when I'm in love is I want to spend every fucking waking second mm -hmm. with my partner. And I know the truth is if I think I can have that, I actually don't want that. Mm -hmm. And I like the longing. There's something in it for me. I love being away from my partner and I love longing for him. Um, it adds, you know, it's, it's funny, like m missing makes the, what's it? Heart grow fonder. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's totally true. Um, when I'm away from him, like someone told me a while ago about this study about how, how male and female brains are different. And one way is that men, when something happens, perceive what happens in the moment right there and make like decisions or like objective um, beliefs about what happened, right? Like this is the thing that happened. I was there. I'm deciding it right now. This is what happened. Women, the female brain continues to perceive something even after it happened. Mm. 
which means that most of the decisions women are going to make about you, she's going to make away from you. So if a woman decides to be with you, if she decides to leave you, it's all going to be made when she's away from you. And if you ask, you know, if you have a situation with a man and a woman and you ask a man three weeks later, what happened? And you ask him the day of what happened, he'll say the same exact thing. A woman, it depends on her perception of the day Mm -hmm. and, you know, and how she's stewed on it over time and how her perception of it changed based on the new data and the new variables she has of him. So let's say she had something that felt really good. And three weeks later, he does something to fuck up her trust. And then you ever reflect on that situation. She's probably going to question it and feel skeptical of it. And maybe who's manipulating mm-hmm. me and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And there is no objective reality for her about this thing that happened. Um, and so that also feels relevant here to just understanding that and I know a lot of men think women move the goalpost or aren't true to their word or integrity or accountable. And But you said this yesterday and you're saying this today. It's like, welcome to the fucking feminine, baby. It's all, all of it. Right. And I, I love the, the, the metaphor of the weather, for example. Like the weather is an extremely feminine phenomena, changes drastically. Um, you know, things, you go outside on a sunny day. Hey, we're in Puerto Rico. It happened the other day. It was perfect blue skies. I went for a run and about 15 minutes in, I absolutely soaked in a like 15 minute rainstorm. And right. Am I, and I'm not like, did I curse or get upset or say like, Hey, you were sunny like 10 minutes ago. Right. It is the nature of the feminine to change and embracing that as as masculine being can be, it's, it's, well, it's relieving and uh, can be supportive. Hmm. One thing that you related to this topic you you mentioned this morning on our walk was uh, how you're considering some some daily boundaries with your partner that you live with and talked about kind of context shifting between you know, your masculine work mode and being a devotional lover to yeah. your partner. And so I talk a little bit more about that. Like what's your idea and how do you think it will will help you? We'll see how effective I <laughs> yeah. am. Actually I'm installing it when my heart's in love, yeah. but um, yeah, I actually, I, I just know that space is needed in relationship for me. I would encourage it for most people. Um, but I know for me that like, I like novelty. I like, uh, having some space to want something. And usually I need space to have a desire. So if I have something accessible to me all the time, I'm like, eh, I don't really want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in connection with this person, they, you know, we live in a house together and, uh, I, we have a lot of access to each other. And so one idea I was just talking to Keith about was like, maybe we should only see each other on like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. And our agreement is on like Tuesday, Thursdays, we don't interact. And like Saturday, Sundays, we play by ear. Um, but having like clarity, cause for my system, I'm like, when my man walks in the room, I want to be fully radiant and devotional and give him my full fucking attention and shine the sun right on him. And if I'm in the middle of a conversation with my property manager, um, and he walks in and I don't even look at him, you know, that has impact. And I'm like, don't you fucking dare walk in here and expect me to look at you. I'm trying to get shit done right now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for myself, like I work from home, I work in the house, I have clients in and out and, and I know my heart and body can feel him in the house. I'm like, want to go just like Mm. do his laundry Mm. and check in on him and be like, baby, do you want a smoothie? Are you okay? Do you need some water? Like, can I do anything for you to make your life more pleasurable right now in this moment? 
yeah, I, I, I admit I'm a little jealous when I see you running off there with a cup of coffee or a bowl of fruit or something. I, I'm really touched. I'm like, oh, <sighs> and just, just not to say that my partner doesn't do that, but you don't live um, here. Yeah. I don't live here and she's not here. So yeah. um, oh, I love you I don't, sharing I don't, that key. Yep. Because for me, there's also just like, oh, that's like an honoring of the masculine, which I can relate to. So in some ways, actually, you honoring him is honoring me, mm. you know, that, that act. I can feel it. So, yeah, yeah, it feels really sweet. And um, I've requested him to like ask more of me because he, he would tend to not. He's like, I can make my own coffee. It's okay. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but would it bring you more joy if I made it? And he's like, yeah. absolutely. And I'm like, great. We're here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here <laughs> to increase your joy and pleasure and make your life easier. So, and more fun and radiant and exciting. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel hijacked sometimes where I don't feel like I can get work done mm -hmm. because I'm literally daydreaming all fucking day being like, I wonder if he's going to come knock on my door. I wonder <laughs> I wonder if he's going to come into the kitchen and I'll hear his voice from above and I'll open my windows yeah. and say, darling. And, and it's like, okay, Michaela, pull it together. We got shit to do. We got companies to run. Let's go. So it's definitely... I want to say it's been hard, but it, it's just, it's been beautiful. You know, the, the essence of falling in love and, um, and you know, a lot of fucking bullshit new age people are like, yeah, let's use the word rising in love. And I'm like, no, I am falling <laughs> through the abyss of the void, uh, scrambling at any root that might be yeah. hanging for me to grab onto. And there isn't one. And I just have to surrender into the fucking void mm -hmm. of the diss dissolving into the essence of my everything and like the feeling and sensation of falling yeah. endlessly. Yeah. This, I, I want to talk about, it's also another thing related to polarity and masculine feminine that you mentioned how you always feel him in the house, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and you just want to, your body knows he's here. And I don't know if this is if David data first taught this or someone else, but this idea of like, you know, men can really compartmentalize. Like I am on my project at my workstation and it's like, in those moments, like the other things don't exist. My family, my, my, even though I'm fully in love, like in that time I'm here on this. And so as men, we can kind of like move from box to box. And that's part of that transition time we talked about earlier. It's important. Like, can I move from my work box to my relational box? And I think a well-developed masculine becomes less compartmentalized as he, as he um, develops and, and develops his, also his feminine sensitivity and, and uh, graze the area between the compartments. But one time, one time again, I was in a David Data workshop, and there was this one couple that was kind of constantly in some kind of kind of conflict. And the scenario was uh, the men would meet alone in the morning, and the women would meet alone. And then for the first couple of days, we'd come back together right before lunch and do a short exercise. And this day in particular, the women were, I don't know exactly what they were practicing, but it was something about being in their radiance and ex expressing. So and we were doing like the Hakalau, uh dance and and like developing this kind of like whoo, like masculine and which is which is you know, one aspect of what we were doing. So we come in and the women are kind of dancing in the space and the men were invited to potentially join and dance with the other part, the women. Some people were there with partners, some were single. And in the afternoon, it was expressed that this one this woman was really upset and she got up. She's like, my man, he like went right to another woman. And I saw he had an erection while he was dancing with this other woman. <gasps> <gasps> and, and so David kind of co was coaching them up in front of the room and, and, 
and gave some scenarios that was like, what if, what if he walked up to you first and was like, baby, I see you, but I'm going to go dance with this other woman. Right? Like just some, yeah, Michaela's <laughs> doing vows of reverence. Uh, and he gave a few other scenarios that were, were possible to see. Like, she's like, yeah, that would hurt, but not quite as much. Right. And there are all these different scenarios, but what he was getting to was as then as he was coaching the man was, you have to know, like once your woman opens your heart, opens her heart to you, wherever you are in the world, doing whatever you're doing, there's a string attached. She doesn't do the box thing. And so she feels you. And, you know, this comes up like if, if I'm hanging out with another, with another, another woman in, in my relationship, like we practice like a lover. open another lover, like my woman feels that. And, totally. and it's agony, it's agony no right? idea. And so this is something you and I have been talking about, just the importance of like really clear, direct, honest communication, right? Cause it's, it's going to be agonizing no matter what, but, and then if there's any sense of deceit or manipulation, it makes that thing even worse. So, so this is kind of like a public service announcement to, to masculine beings out there. It's like, just remember, like your woman feels you all the time. And if you don't want to take responsibility for that, don't open don't, her fucking heart. Don't be in the relationship. Don't be, yeah. don't open her heart. Yeah. I remember a, a lover of mine about a year ago is here staying at our community house. And um, he was sharing with me about a previous relationship that he mm -hmm. had. And he was saying, you know, it was, it was like the love of his life. He was like, I'm going to fucking marry this woman. And um, he said that she could feel like the way he described it was like, she could feel if my cock energy went anywhere other than her. Like if we were in a crowd or something, she could like feel it and it gutted her. It would just mm -hmm. gut her and she can feel it. And usually like, you know, a classic scenario might be you're out at a party and a woman might say, I saw you looking at her like, you know, in mm -hmm. you know, muggle land. Um, that's how people are in relationships and communicate and stuff. And no, baby, I wasn't. And, uh, da, da, da. and like, I would love a man to just look me in the eyes and be like, I was, mm -hmm. I was looking at her. I think she's fucking beautiful. Oh. And I'm right here with you. Yeah. And I'm so fucking glad to be standing mm -hmm. by your side. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're all okay. Yeah. Everything's fine. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, when he named that, mm. I was like, I can resonate with that. Like mm. I can feel, especially if we're fluid bonded, especially mm -hmm. if we're, you know, how, if he's ejaculating inside me and there's like this DNA slash spiritual, energetic, mm. emotional bond happening for the, the woman more so than the man. Mm. Um, and my body, every time it has sex is going through a process of like, okay, nine month cycle, ready, begin. Mm. right because mm -hmm. i have no idea like mm -hmm. by like my primal self doesn't know if i'm pregnant or not so it's prepping and anything you do in the next nine months it's like yeah. you know i had someone lay this out for me of like these nine month cycles that happen every time we have sex and she's like yeah you're like you know three months in like are we going to be secure am mm -hmm. i going to have a man there to protect this baby da, 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 da. um and like if we were in tribe and community we wouldn't have to worry about this because I would have 30, 40, 50 men mm -hmm. on supply immediately to protect me and my child. So it wouldn't, all that pressure wouldn't fall just on one man. Mm -hmm. And he could go and have sex and fuck whoever else he wanted to in the tribe. And it wasn't like, I'm like, you're not allowed to do that. But now when you go have sex with someone else, it mm -hmm. feels like a threat to the safety of my offspring. Mm -hmm. Not only myself, not only the, the vulnerability of what I'm choosing to go into when I get pregnant. 
and how much more vulnerable I am. I can't move as fast. I can't run as fast. I can't provide myself food as much. So like all these different things are that I'm more vulnerable and I need to feel protected and safe and defended. Yeah. I I appreciate hearing that because I, I I think there are actual research studies that show like when a woman is pregnant, actually pregnant and either has a miscarriage or an abortion, uh, there's her body still goes through a number of things for the nine month cycle. And it, it makes absolute sense to me that just, uh, penetration or especially penetration with ejaculation would be similar that like even if there's no actual like overt physical changes like there's something happening at the subtle level like you're starting to hormonally hormonally oxytocin you're starting to attune to this man and whether or not it's a one night stand or a or a long relationship like there's something that happens in your system that turns you towards this person and so i think this is this is important for like men and women to know like and this is again goes back to what we just said of like like are you willing, as a man, are you willing to take responsibility for that? Totally. We live in a society now where like sex has been, sex is cheap and, and uh, simple and just uh, disconnected and detached. And um, I would say, I don't want to sound like some old Puritan. Like I think in some ways, I, like all that liberation is, is fantastic and I've clearly benefited from it. However, I, I, my story is like people's hearts and emotions, uh, many are not deeply served by by the style of relating and sexuality we have societally now. Yeah. I mean, my, I had a partner I was with for two years, uh, about six years ago. And he used to be like, baby, I used to think you're psycho, but you're actually psychic. And, uh, and so what would come up for me actually is we were fluid bonded and I literally would have dreams, vivid dreams about this man lying to me. And like he would sit and tell me everything it was about, what he was lying. He would give me all the details. And I literally would wake up and be like, okay, I'm at, I'm at a crossroads. Do I believe my intuition and my body and what it's telling me? Um, or do I believe him? And that's a fucking tough one to be in. And I would feel like – I would feel psycho. And I'm like, maybe I'm just paranoid. And I – literally would like lay in bed with this man, go to sleep and have a dream of going through his phone, reading text messages, like verbatim of what he said to this person and this person and this person. Um, And multiple times I like woke up and would confront him about it. Mm. Not proud of this, but would go through his phone. Everything I saw in the dream, Mm. like Mm. the same exact situation, the same word said to her. And so I was Uh. like, over and over, he would be like, baby, I would never do that. You know, like I wouldn't, you know, and I, I just wanted him to claim what he was doing. Yeah. It's like, if you can claim what you're doing, I can die into it and I can get over it and work through my emotions, but do not rob me of my death. Mm-hmm. That is not your fucking right to rob me of my, of, of these deaths I'm here to die into on earth. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it was like, it, it's happened to me in multiple relationships of, of feeling confronted of, am I just paranoid from past relationships? And how much does my belief that this is happening actually created happening? And like, I'm in the listening for it to happen. And, and I'm really not anymore. Like my last partnership, I, you know, had a hard boundary with my partner of, I was like, I don't want to look at your phone. I don't want you to ever hand me your phone. I don't want you to ever do anything, have me do anything on your phone because it's like Coke to me. Like, I'm like, once I go, it's just addicting. Yeah, I remember you telling me a story even just driving in the car right and yeah the google yeah. maps you run google maps and a text message popped you up totally right? and, and sent I just you into a totally sent me into a fucking yeah. pattern yeah where i'm like you're the enemy 
and like I full blown like read into it yeah. and I I don't have enough context for the text ever right yeah, I don't have never. any context for the yeah. phone call for whatever and so you know I set a boundary of like babe I have I come from a past of going through my partner's phones I've had them go through mine I don't like it it's not the life I want to mm. live uh, and I'm not available for that so what I need from you is that you don't ever like basically give me your phone you can have your phone around me and stuff but like I don't want to go there because once I go there it's like really hard pattern to break mm -hmm. and I have a lot of clients who come to me and you know share she went through my phone da 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 and I'm like fuck it's addicting yeah. Yeah. being a woman it's addicting because once I find one thing anytime I'm around you I'm like there's something more on there mm -hmm. it, and it's like we're in a polyamorous relationship and the, truth, and, and the truth is there's always something on there even if if you have the most secure relationship and clear communication something is going to be read out of context. And like one of my boyfriends one time was like, babe, if you go looking, if you're looking for something, you're always going to find it. And I was like, mm -hmm. fuck you, you're cheating on me. So like, <laughs> you know, like that, sure. And sure. And, you know, um, but there's some truth and some like fucking wisdom in what he shared about that um, of like, yeah, it's true. If I'm looking for something, I will read into anything I see and make up that it's A, B, and C, or read it out of context. And it's infuriating. It's really infuriating, and it's just like part of it's like this neurosis in my brain that's just like searching all the time for a reason to create disconnection and to split. Mm -hmm. And I would say yeah. this is a really old pattern for me. It doesn't feel very alive anymore. I feel much more in just like I'm just choosing trust, and I just want to be with this person, and that's what I'm creating. Yeah, and this, this is a really like a live topic for me and something that has been coming up in, in my relationship and you and I have been talking about it a little bit too around congruence and um, what you were just describing. You also gave me this image of like, you said, I'd rather be stabbed in the front than in the back. So I'd rather die, you know, facing the sword than like be cut from behind, which is a very visceral image. And, and I think that's really true. And I've noticed just actually very recently how when it, I feel like I'm a very honest and transparent and integrous person and mostly congruent and authentic as best as I can be. And, 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 and then I notice when it comes to, especially exploring in the polyamory space, uh, when it involves intimacy, there's like, there's this very subtle, like sugar coating or omission that I can put on things. And it, and it, you know, it showed up, it showed up this week a little bit for me and, and I'm thankfully aware of it enough to notice it and like name it and share with my partner like i have this habit and it it's not going to go away overnight and um uh, and this is what i'm committed to a b and c a, right b and c and especially like the going back to play a little bit like the feminine and just to define like authenticity is like being yourself in a moment and congruence in a way is like are you consistent moment to moment day by day like does something you say yesterday align up with today sort of like integrity so somewhat related and I think most women, my partner included, has like a, a congruence meter kind of running all the time with the masculine. And it's like, yeah. and that's, and when some, if it's just a subtle shift of like, you said this, but it, you kind of, you're doing this or the smallest things, it sets that, it sets that radar off. Um, and, uh, and actually it's something I've been actually appreciating about a very mature and slow engagement with polyamory is that it actually brings light to some of these parts to myself where I've in a monogamous relationship, it doesn't involve navigating 
intimacy with others. I think for me, it's a little bit easier to like, it's the, the incongruence doesn't show up as much mm -hmm. because you're not navigating these really complex uh, relational dynamics. Yeah. Speaking of congruency, like it's just, it's been a huge pain point in a relationship with the, to the masculine um, of like, you say one thing to me, you say another thing to her, mm -hmm. um, or you say one thing to me today and it changes tomorrow, whatever. And I remember about a year and a half ago, I was dating someone and um, we were in an open polyamorous dating situation where we were dating other people in the community. And, you know, there was one person that he had been interested in and dated a little bit. And I was like, yeah, what's your dynamic with her? You know, and he was like, honestly, she's too young. She's not mature enough. I'm just not really interested in pursuing relationship with her further. And I went away for the weekend to another part mm -hmm. of the island. And um, I came back to surprise him. Mm. And I surprised him at a, a yoga meetup he was leading or something. And uh, when I showed up, she was there and we were talking and da, da, da. And, and he was like, hey, he was so excited. And he was like, is it okay if we drive this person home? And I was like, yeah. And when we're leaving, she's like, oh, my bag's still at your house. And my whole body contracted. And mm -hmm. I was like, why the fuck's her bag at your house? Right? So I start mm -hmm. spiraling and I'm like, what happened? And then I'm like, Michaela, calm down. Maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe she literally just went over before the yoga meetup and like changed and left her bag there, right? And so what happened was like, I felt left out of information. Mm -hmm. I felt like something was being withheld from me. And then on top of that, I'm like, you told me you weren't interested in her. And then you went back on your word. Yeah. So then you also want to tell me that I'm safe in connection with you. How do I fucking know that's true? Uh, you said this other thing. Mm -hmm. and, that, and so what ended up actually happening was that she did come over, spend the night at his house, and they did hook up. And so like my bodily reaction wasn't wrong. I wasn't crazy or paranoid. Yeah. I was feeling what's in the space. And for him, he was like, I totally acknowledge that I said that. And like it, it, we hung out and there was energy there and we explored it. And mm. I'm like, yeah, I don't even <clears throat> care that that happened. It was that you told me that it wouldn't. Yeah. And so if you're like, actually, I have some, you know, um, reservations about her age and she's not mature enough, et cetera. And like, I'm still open to exploring it, but there was like, right. a, Oh, you don't have to worry about her. Yes. And then it was like, a, Oh, I do. And I'm only finding out cause I came back and surprised you. And would you have told me if, you know, and so then the neurosis begins. Right. So this is something I was talking mm. with Keith about is like, you know, I feel like a lot of people in our society think women are fucking crazy. Mm. And in my opinion, you know, I'm just assumed to be like, it's the fucking men who make the women crazy. <laughs> it's how they show up out of yeah. integrity, out of congruency, fucking yeah. lying, manipulating, withholding information, all of that shit. The feminine can feel yeah. conscious or unconsciously. Totally. Yeah. Even saying, oh, this this information isn't going to hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter to tell her. Or not. It's like, oh, my God, God. it's infuriating because the if it's in the space, she can feel it. Mm hmm. So that's why it's so important. I mean, we're, I would say he could feel it too. We're all empathetic creatures. Our systems are way more open than we actually think. And we can feel energies way more than like, you know, we even realize that we're doing. And so. Oops. Oopsies. When something's <laughs> out of uh, out of congruency, like we can mm -hmm. feel it. And I would say women are a little bit more emotionally reactive to when they can feel something out of congruency. Um, and men might just be like, oh, I just feel tension in my chest, whatever, M must have some heartburn, well, <laughs> you I know, mean, versus actually realizing like, oh, no, you feel that she's lying yeah. to you about something, right? Yeah, and I think I think the important thing that I've been navigating lately is is there, 
right? We're human beings. We're never going to be in full, full congruence. Like there will always be, we have con- contradictory desires and needs and different things. And uh, however, if we really set that as a goal and something that we're working towards and practicing it with our partner, such that their nervous system isn't constantly like looking for it, like this radar I'm talking about. Totally. It's like, okay, I trust like this person is, is mostly here with me. And I, and so then occasionally that, that alarm bell will still go off and it's probably something that's worth talking about, but the, the sort of constant wait, like almost expecting and waiting for the person to trip over or something to be out of congruence. Like it's just not a healthy, not a healthy way to be. And we're doing I'm, how many, I've been like most of my relationships have had some element of this. And to me, it's as simple as like, of course, you're not going to be in congruency all the time based on our, you know, ethical non-monogamy podcast, different people evoke different things out of you. And sometimes you're with a woman and you are like, I just am in love with her when I'm with her. And when I'm away, I don't think about her. You know, it's like, we're, those are all welcome and I don't expect you to be congruent, but it's like how, when we are out of integrity, do we restore it? And that to me is what matters is like, you know, when you notice something's out of alignment mm-hmm. for yourself and you did something that doesn't actually feel caring for mm-hmm. your partner's heart um, or attuned to their system, like how can you be like, hey, I noticed I did something and I want to share with you it because it doesn't feel good to me, because it doesn't feel yes. in alignment to me, because it doesn't feel like contributing to the kind of reality I want to create with you or the kind of humanity mm-hmm. I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and sometimes people will look at you and be like, baby, you're so sweet. You didn't have to mm-hmm. tell me that. Like, that's totally okay. But you share it because you know something in your system is like, this isn't, this isn't an integrity. And there's a part of me that withheld it or hid it or whatever. Mm. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just sitting with that. It just feels like, oh, that's a, that's a world I want to live in. Yeah. And one I'm trying to create. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. like, to me, it's not about not fucking up. And I would, that's the biggest line I would preach to the masculine. So many men I have been with have been like, I'm sorry, I'm such a piece of shit and fuck up. And I'm like, I do not expect you to not fuck up. But when you fuck up, how do you dance with it? And how do you show up when you fuck up? I'm like, I don't expect you to not fuck up. I don't expect you to not do the most fucked up shit in the world to me. And I'm actually okay with that. And I'm available with that. And I'm available to be with you through that. Yeah. But how do you show up when you fuck up? It's the, it was coming, coming to me so strongly now. It's like, you know, you're, you're sneaking into the kitchen at night or something and there's other people in the house and you're like tiptoeing and what always happens when you're doing that? You like drop a metal water <laughs> bottle, you yeah. know, or like break a glass. Like, so it's like that, that like trying to be extra cautious and like, and massage the situation and like do all those things. It's just be better if you just like went down and got the glass of water and went back upstairs. Totally. Right? Totally. It's like what you, what you resist persists. You know, where we create tension and contraction mm-hmm. creates energy and charge. Hmm. <sighs> good shit. Yeah. I love talking about our personal yeah. lives because mm-hmm. um, it's good content and it's here now and it's real and we get to navigate life together and be like live demos in a living laboratory of our lives of polarity and relationship and honesty and open relating and polyamory and oh, mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before? No, we... just just appreciating you and and having these conversations together. Like, I just feel mm-hmm. so lit up and alive, and and uh, like I learn, I learn a lot. Yeah. Thank you mm. for blooming my feminine in all the mm. ways you do, and giving me an imprinting of what it's like to. I really credit what I have in my life and how I show up with men 
right now to to you majorly Mm -hmm. and me actually having an imprint of a safe healthy masculine Mm. who can own his shadow and own like yes sometimes Mm. i lie sometimes i'm deceitful i'm like thank you thanks for just naming that (laughs) actually don't need it to be different can we just talk about that that's a thing and Mm. um and just building trust and secure relationship with someone so that then i can continue to attract those kind of relationships with men because my body is aligned to that frequency. So I leave relationship with you or I go out of my house right now and my body's like an open magnet field to creating more use in my life. Totally. On my side, it's like I can share with you some of like, you know, my biggest mistakes and kind of darkest things and, and you're just with me in it. You're like, Mm. Oh, Keith, like I might've done that differently, but I'm still here (laughs) and I love you. Yeah. And Then at the end of the day, I'm not going anywhere. You know, you do really fucked up shit. I'd be like, well, that was a decision to make. <laughs> what do you want to do about uh, it? We can just sit here right, and like right, keep doing that shit right. if you want. What's next? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. See you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Open Podcast. If you have any questions, feedback, or praise for us, please reach out to us at offerings at theopeninstitute.com, as well as if you have anything specific that you want to hear us talk about in future podcasts. Um, additionally, we would love it if you can leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening, whether it's Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, Google. Uh, it helps us be able to spread our good word of the Messiah. Also, Keith is going to be leading a course called The Masterful Lover. It starts on Thursday, January 19th. It's going to be online 4 to 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And uh, he is indeed a masterful lover. I can confirm that. So I highly recommend uh, to all. It's it's specific to men, the courses. Um, in the future, we will do more courses for women as well. Um, if you're interested in signing up for that, you can go to his website, which is awakenintimacy.com, um, as well as being able to view on there his personal offerings if you want to look into online or in-person coaching or other courses that he is offering at this time. Um, my website is liberatefromsuffering.com. You can go on there to see what services I offer and personal sessions or upcoming events that I'm hosting. Um, also, if you're listening to this, you probably know about our company called The Open Institute, which offers a variety of different trainings um, as well as our reveal training series. So we're going to be offering the first Dissolve sometime in early 2023. Wow, the year is changing now. Um, So yeah, we've done a couple of opens, one expand in Boulder, Colorado. So we're going to be doing another round of open expand as well as our first dissolve, which is going to be a two-day event uh, with a sleepover in between. And we'll talk more about it in a future podcast. Thanks for listening.